Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. You do that? We're back. It's it's now not with the three bananas anymore. We've got a full cast of characters here. Don't we, Mike Galfan? Uh, it's going to be a culture clash today, I think. I think so. Because <laughs> last week we had the Dutchman, Galfonso, and Nardog. We were the three bananas. Now ah, we've got... Got you. We've got a house of, of characters here. All right, so uh, who do we start with here? L.A. Nick, back in studio. Nice. Jimmy Francis. Mike Gelfand. Andy Brant Bernard. And Tom Bernard, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy. It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. I just, can we do a show with a nice Italian, a nice Jewish boy? Can we even do this? <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a problem. I mean, Good. you know, we, we know that in, mo in movies, Italians <laughs> always play Jews and Jews always play Italians. I grew, I grew up in a Jewish-Italian neighborhood. It's all Jewish and Italian. So. Sure. You did indeed. South Philly so was all I. Jews and Italians. And, yeah. you know, two of my best friends forever, for like, you know, 50 years, David Colacci and, and Bobby Barghini, who unfortunately mm, passed away recently. But those, I mean, those those are my, my two best friends for forever. Gelfand, I'm getting sick to death of every damn week I pick up the paper. Now, this week, of course, it was, you know, the owl James Walsh died. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good God. Yeah. It happens. I hate that. Well, that's the thing, you know. You, it's, it's, uh, but it does make you feel, I, I think, 
somewhere somewhere in that that vast pool of, of contra contrary emotions it does make you feel kind of just a bit more fortunate to be you know to be able to be around around all these people you know you love I don't, yeah. I don't mean to get mawkish about it but no you're right it's true you're absolutely right. Bring us down. Look back at yeah. all the stuff. Let's talk about selling like cars. I'm, you know, I'm angry because Brittany drained, like in about three weeks, drained all the Germex. We had an eight-ounce oh, full I, bottle of Germex here. I see that, yeah. Yep. Actually, uh, I, I did notice that because it was a gudgeon yeah. last week when I, I was here. I, she's probably the only person I know who can actually use more hand sanitizer than I do. Ooh. And I mean, I, I I have an excuse. It's an, a lifelong affliction. But what about her? <laughs> Maybe she's been drinking it. It's this is all new to everybody. The studio, getting to know each other. Yeah. You know, there are lots of diseases coming in and out. Oh uh, yeah, well, studio's all fancy now. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they spruced it up. Yeah, Andy did it just so he could have his own space. <laughs> Well, I built this smart. myself. Smart, right? He is smart. The smartest, a window one of the there. smartest people I know. <laughs> wow. So, Nick, do you go by L.A. Nick? Or do you just go by way. Nick? Or do you go by La? Some people call me L.A. L. Some people call me Nick. I don't care. Yeah. And you've been to the Car Selling Secrets show before? I did this show for five years. For five years. <laughs> so you've already told your car story because I've never heard your first car story. Yeah. Yeah. So you've told that story before. I have. Okay. Well, 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 doesn't sound can like I he start wants it off? <laughs> yeah. no, I, I want to start. I want to start again very quickly. Okay, L.A. Nick tells his car selling secrets about his first car. Now, who stole it for you? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, my very first car. I I was born right after New Year's, and the doctor by accident wrote the wrong year on my birth certificate, and my parents got it corrected when I was just born, but they kept the wrong one. Sure. So when I was 15, my parents gave me that birth certificate as a birthday present. And I'm like, what the, what the hell's this? Wow. Like, why do they I want really my went, birth certificate? My mom's really like, went all the way with that one, didn't yeah. they? My, my mom's like, <laughs> Saving it up. My yeah. mom's like, look at the date. Because I was so anxious to get it. I already had a motorcycle, and I wanted to drive. Sure. So she's like, look at the date. And I looked at the date, and I'm like, I'm 16. And, and <laughs> I, so I, I started going, I already knew, I already knew an old couple who had a 64 GTO oh. in their driveway with four flat tires. Yeah. So you and stole they, it. they were old. I spy it. And I went, I went, I said to my dad, I said, Hey, listen, I know this old couple is a 64 GTO in their driveway and hasn't moved in years. Can we go knock on their door? And we did. We knocked on the door and the, and the old man said, I'll sell it to you for $200. Oh, well. And it was a really nice car. I mean, exceptionally nice. But it did have four flat tires. And we, we blew them up, and they held air. We got home, bought new tires. But that car, I drove it for years. Awesome. And it was now it's now it's a $75,000 car today. Oh, yeah. That was the oh, first yeah. year. 64 was the first year. It's different times back then where you were seeking out. You sought it out. You saw it two years ago. Oh, year you could buy cars for 30 bucks back then. Yeah, okay. In, in, in 60, in, well, that was... Uh, that would have been 73, 74. Yeah. Well, no, 64, 74. That would have been 77. 77, you could buy cars for 75 bucks. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess, yeah, there's cheap cars. All, all I mean, a brand new 63 Corvette was 3,500 bucks. Jesus. That's true. I mean, yeah, we tried so, to buy a... Uh, a Pinto was nine ninety nine. We tried <laughs> so, to buy a junker from a neighbor a couple of years ago for, uh, I forget who it was, like a friend or something like that. 
I think they were asking 500 bucks, and it if you ever took the your foot off of the accelerator, the car would stall and the engine would die. If you took it off for a second. Oh, of course. So yeah, you even when you were stopped. Your auto positioning switch was yeah, when Yeah. Even if you were stopped at a stoplight, you had to have some gas going into the engine even while you had your foot on the brakes. You had to basically ride the brake while been, stopped. It must have been a GM car. Well, so, was, I mean, yeah, that was you, like my first three cars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, if you consider the fact that $500 gets you that these days compared to what you got for $75, you know, it's a. Uh, well, you have to remember the cost of cars back then. Oh, was God. Nothing. Well, there's yeah. so much stuff in cars now. Yeah. I mean, even a 20 year old car has stuff like uh, back then, I don't think any car had cruise control, probably not power windows, maybe not even power steering. Right. So, and those the universal all... sign to roll the window down. I yep. think someone should do that with an electric car now. Make a yes. total total uh, uh, utilitarian. Yes. I completely agree. Electric car with crank windows. Yes. Just the basics. Oh yeah. Well, honestly, the well, crank on a windows. Chassis, a cool looking chassis. Yeah. Right? With crank windows and no fancy electronics inside. Sweet. Just 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 on a twenty eight. Uh, you know, a nineteen twenty eight frame. You know, why top, aren't so they, look cool. Why aren't they doing it? I don't. Because then they can't charge $40,000 for a car. Yeah. I think there's a lot to it, though. I think uh, I think there would be a huge market for a $15,000 electric car. With that big a battery. I know, you know, anybody... Well, the battery's 20 grand. Well, that's true. The but battery alone All the is, stuff, you got to have yeah. the mats. You have to be able to ground it. You have to know about that yeah. to be able to do it. Yeah. Car junkies well, you understand aren't... electric cars are anything new. They were out in the teens, in the 20s. That's true. They were The first cars ago. were electric. Yep. Sure. Well, the very first cars were steam. Then the second flow was electric. So electric cars have been around for a long, they long have, time. Yeah. Wow. If, if I wanted to buy a new car today, which obviously I will never do, but if I wanted to, it would cost more than the first house I bought yeah, cost. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, that's come. Hey, uh, Nick, out where you grew up, did you have car uh, dealers on the TV and radio? Were they, were they selling ads? I grew up in Philadelphia. Philly. First day. So, <laughs> and uh, how were they? What kind of what kind of sales guys or sales ads were they? Were they uh, the hall, the high test? You know, buy, 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 sell now. Yeah. Uh, character based. Character based. Okay. Philly's character based. Sure, so sure. Every every car salesman in Philly was a character based. Like you know the owner of the dealership because sure. you know that's what it was. Yeah. And it still is actually. Yeah. Philly's still character based city. Well, we had of course Nord the Barbarian. Tom, you remember him? Yes, I certainly do. The professional wrestler who mm-hmm. went oh, yeah. into the used car business, and who. Uh, uh, was where was that big event we had with him? Remember that? It was the, it was the KQ football game. The football game, right? And <laughs> and and there were a lot of people who came to watch us for some reason. And then uh, the deal was Nord the Barbarian was going to to give away one of one of his used cars. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly how it all played out, except that I I was like I we were sharing the microphone talking about it and then he picked me up and he slammed me down under the hood of the car yep now now <laughs> what people didn't know and of course the the only the only problem i had with that really because it, it was a wrestling kind of thing he did you know where he didn't really slam me yeah. but it looked like it wrestling so but but you know there was kind of the it, the audience didn't react with laughter especially there was a kind of <gasps> like that and and so I, I felt like I, I was torn because I felt like I, I had to pretend like I was really hurt. 
But but then again, my kids and my wife were were in the crowd watching. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So you know, I mean, for my wife, it was one of the happiest days of our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I didn't really want my kids to think that I was actually uh, hurt. So uh, there was a lot of ambivalence about that. Yeah, if it was just my wife, I would have not got up. <laughs> Call an ambulance. I would have done the back thing up. like they did, you know, stand, walk around and hold your back like it's, oh, my gosh, my back. Yeah. Tom but, knew a lot of wrestlers back then, yeah. right, didn't you, Tom? Oh, yeah. yeah. I used and to now they're all, all, they're all dead. They're all dead? Now they're all dead, Not all of yeah. them, but almost all those, of them. Those steroids kind of do something to your lifespan. They sure do. I liked, uh, my favorite was Dave Campo. Was that his name for the car dealer? He was like the... Towsley Ford or a Viking Chev. I don't remember know, him? I, I don't know yeah, any of the Minnesota ones. I haven't been here. Oh, long you long. remember? He was the guy that was right here. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. And, he, and he'd get all crazy. But look at this one here. Oh wow! <laughs> look at it. A Pinto. In Philly, it was the car guys and the furniture guys were all the yep. crazy characters. Furniture too, huh? Mm. Yeah, furniture and cars. They're the yeah. two crazy character places. I, one thing I There's learned. Something over, I don't see a lot. I learned over the years is that furniture salesmen tend to be gambling addicts. Really? I don't, I don't know why, but I've, I've known several of, uh, I, I don't know a lot of furniture salesmen or, or people, guys who own furniture shops, but the ones I knew were, were uh, pretty big gamblers. And now, of course, in Houston, you have this character called Mattress Mac. Yeah. yeah. Matt, Mattress Matt. Who's always in the in the news? Oh yeah, he gambles a lot. Yeah, because oh, yeah. they all oh, hundreds of millions at a time. Yeah, oh, seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, he's like a, you know he just bet eight million dollars on the Super Bowl. Now, did he win? He did a couple times. Oh, he wins and he loses. Yeah. Sure. Like any gambler, yeah. Yeah, but the thing Secret is, you know, and everybody he's a he's a character, you know, and and people love the guy. But all I see is a sick gambler. He yeah. gives a lot of money. Degenerate. away. He gives a lot of money away. Oh. Yeah, to he's, the, he's to the got gambling money. halls or to <laughs> yeah, churches. That, that and, too. Yeah. He gives cars away and stuff. Yeah. That's why people like him. He gives a lot of stuff away. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose cool. gambling isn't—it's uh, oh, not yeah, pathological as long as you've What's got the name? money to back it up. If you ever watch the Super Bowl, you'll—he's in every Super Bowl. What's his name? Mattress well, Mac. Mattress, or, yeah, Matt is his. Matt. That's what people call him. I—I I don't remember his last name, but it wouldn't be hard to. No, sure, he's not, in every Super Bowl game. They mention him. It is Mac. Uh, oh, Jim McInvale is oh, yeah, his real name. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Or McInvale. Who the hell knows? McInvale. Seems what like a harmless, harmless guy, though. Hard Ooh. to say. There's a lot of gamblers. You guys aren't gamblers? I am not a gambler. Not a gambler? Me? Nope. Anybody? Oh, I, I play the horses typically oh, right. a couple yeah. hours a day. I'm not a gambler because I used to be. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Gamble on things? I learned my lesson. Ah. And I, I work too hard for my money. Sure. So I'm not going to... Well, that's the thing about gamblers. You know, they, they, you always hear, oh, you know, like the, the racetrack, you know, uh, you know, all, all horse players die broke and all that stuff. But they don't. They, they either can manage it, view it as entertainment, or maybe they have enough skill to basically break even and perhaps even make a lot of money. But... I mean, the point you, you reach the point where you just can't gamble anymore if you're no good at it. And there's a lot of different forms of gambling. I mean, oh, everyone. Yeah. Like, I mean, look mm. how many Tom, how many times Tom has gambled with his, his career. I mean, there's lots of ways to gamble. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Only 52 years worth. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying, look how many moves you made that were a big gamble. Yeah. So there's right. a lot yeah. of ways yeah, to nuances. gamble. You're right. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. Well, I gamble in life. But I don't gamble with money anymore. Sure. It's it's the you know it, it's the classic the classic skill that you it's a life skill that you learn gambling 
maybe it's the other way around for some people, but yeah. not for me. And that is that almost everything you do, you're you're analyzing the you know win Odds. versus loss. Yeah. You know, uh, and is is it worth risking? Right. And uh, sometimes it is. And, yeah. For me, it's it's even today. If someone asks me for something, it's like, can I afford to lose this? Because mm-hmm. they're never going to pay me back. Right. right. So that's the same with gambling to me. If right. I was going to gamble on something, which I almost did the Super Bowl, I said, can, what, what can I afford to lose without blinking an eye? Right. And yep. that's all I'll do. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's for, for someone who gambles a lot like I do, it's just everything is about risk versus reward. Yeah. So, you know, and, and are you willing to, are you willing to, lo- to lose? Can you handle it? Yeah, see, I can't. I can't handle the lose. Yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> I can't handle not gambling. But but it's very it's it's not a big deal because, you know, I every year I bet less. Sure. The worst the worst year I ever had gambling was the year my dad died. And uh, I think I now I didn't lose any money that year or if I did it was like a few hundred dollars. But I but I know because I'm gambling online and I, and there's a record of every bet I make. You know, otherwise I wouldn't know. But I think I, I bet, you know, I bet like $60,000 that year on the horses. But it sounds like a lot. But you're basically, you know, you're winning and you're losing if you know what you're doing. Sure. At the end of the day, it's no big deal. That's kind of fun, though. Buying, yeah. well, right now, a big gamble is buying a used car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so right. many. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I, we bought a used car and it was paid a lot of money for it. Just a problem after problem. From a man. dealership or from a person, private buyer? From a dealership. Yeah. And it was a lemon. Ah, that's the worst. The oh, worst, man. The worst. It ended up costing me more. No, no lie. It ended up costing more for repairs than they paid for the car. Wow. Well, I, I know where you can get a pretty cheap Kia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think my wife's gonna drive a Kia. Kia, yeah, I don't, not, <laughs> man, not many uh, like those Kias any longer. Yeah, I wonder what they're a problem. Take a gamble on a Kia. There's a gamble. Yeah, huh? I don't know, man. I'd... Put a club in there, you're fine. There's well, I tell you, here's the deal: if you have a Kia and and it's a lemon, what you do is you just drive down to a any any crack house, maybe you know just off East Lake Street, <laughs> and uh, and just park it in front. And go in and spend about an hour there. When you, when you're out of there, your your Kia problem will be solved. Yeah, the, the, actually, <laughs> you know that the city of Minneapolis is suing Kia. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. Well, that is about the most it. ridiculous yeah, thing in the world. Man. Just waste of time. Uh, Focus on the problem, not on the what what that is, right? I'm just disgusted. I can't even talk about any of it. <laughs> well, are you? Uh, uh, let's go. Let's change the topic then uh, to um, hockey. Are you guys into the high school hockey? That's happening right now. The the hockey tournaments. No, talk about I gambling. I just don't know anything about it. I'd be into it if I knew it. Yeah, I, the, I'm a hockey fan, but I just don't know anything about high school hockey. There's a group of people that play the clock game, and they bet on when the clock stops. So yeah. you throw your bucks oh, in. Oh, sure. And then the part of the game. So I haven't. I've only watched because it is fun watching these guys who like to gamble, like you. They just they want to be in the action, whatever the action they is. Bet on, they mm-hmm. bet on everything. They bet, yeah, bet on everything, <laughs> right? So now it's the clock. What time? What number is the clock going to stop on when they blow the whistle? It's going to be a three, a six, or whatever. And so you put mm-hmm. your number in, and you have to be paying attention before the clock starts to get the pot. So if it's your number in there and you don't see it, and it's a quick time change, you're out. The, I couldn't believe I was in Vegas for for the Super Bowl last year, and I couldn't believe what people bet on. How long national anthem singing? Oh God, they'll bet on everything. Like they were betting on everything. Yeah, the man. prop bets. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Now, does Vegas get more population during the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? Uh, no, I'm serious. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like millions. So rather than go to the Super Bowl, they just go to Vegas and participate. It's funny. Yeah. I was in a restroom in MGM. And you know those kids that you knew? In, Tom will know this. The kids that you knew in high school that you'll remember their voice till you die. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll hear a voice and you'll go. So I'm in a restroom and I hear this voice and I'm like, that's fucking Bruce Esper from, from, from high school. I haven't seen this kid in 35 years. I'm like, Bruce Esper. And he, it was him. I, I was still in the stall. I didn't, never looked at him. Yeah. And went out, and there he was, man. And, you know, that's, that's Vegas during Super Bowl. You never know cool. where you're going to. It's amazing how many people go to Vegas for the Super Bowl because, you know, you, you don't have to go to Las Vegas to make a bet. No, anybody, anybody yeah. there's, you know, like, It's just for the party. Yeah. You know, yeah. 300 party. million p- people in, in the U.S. can make a bet mm-hmm. anytime they want to. Yeah. So, but, but see, that's the thing. I mean, like, if uh, I, I, you know, I'm not a compulsive gambler, more like a, uh, it's, just, it's just something I, that I love to do. Uh, and there are days when I don't. When I go to Las Vegas, when when we used to go with the morning show, it was the, there was for like the three days of the year when I never made a bet. Uh, but 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 then for some people it's the three days of the year when they make a bet. And but it but you know, I, I, I I'm just amazed that Las Vegas continues to to thrive, even though even the, the overall handle is of course far, way down what it might have been you mm-hmm. know years ago. But, yeah, it's a social thing. Well, I was just there for the Mika Motorcycle Auction. I'll tell you, Vegas was packed, man. Yeah. Really? Every casino, just every table. You couldn't even get a spot. Yeah. Just fun. mob. That makes it fun. I don't fun. know where these people are getting this money, man. <laughs> so, so Super Bowl at, in Vegas, are the snacks good? Like are the hors d'oeuvres? Like, you know, because at our <laughs> uh, house, they're, yeah. they're good. You know? I don't think if it's anything. I don't, I'm not a fan of Vegas, so I don't love oh, Vegas. No. I don't think anything's as good in Vegas when there's an event going on than when there's not. No. Sure. Once I, the big I, crowds yeah. come in, they kick, they, they tighten up, you know, uh, and they don't give as much out. Sure, the sure. Good deals disappear. You know, all the, all the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it when they had all the buffets are gone. Yeah, the, because COVID took all those. They out. wanted them gone for yeah. years, and they yeah. couldn't get rid of them. But COVID was an excuse to shut them down. Yeah. Well, now yeah. there's only 14 left in down in city. Okay. And the buffets, you know, when I first went to Las Vegas in the in the late 60s, you know, you had all these dollar 99 buffets. Yep. And then when we'd go with the morning show, they were 19 dollars and 99 cents. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, they weren't really the bargain they had once been. I liked going to Las Vegas mostly because I got to visit my mobster cousins. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we talked about them last week. Yeah. Um, Two things I learned in Vegas. I went there for a bachelor party. Uh, And uh, so uh, the all-you-eat buffet for $50 for the all-day buffet isn't what it's cracked up to be. No. And don't— That's any buffet. And never trust a fart. Any buffet. Yeah. That is true. (laughs) Don't trust a fart in Vegas either because that could be very deadly. Well, it's all that MSG they put in the buffet food. There's mm. no good buffet anywhere. Buffets are nasty. Oh, gosh. Nasty. Yeah, Wait a minute. Don't, uh, don't denigrate the OCB. Uh, they're gone. OCB's gone. Are, are there all, any left? Are they yeah. all gone? 
Uh, I think they're all gone. Let's see what Google Maps yeah. thinks. Google it. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You're a motorcycle guy? I am. In fact, if you go if you go on Facebook search and put in hashtag that motorcycle guy, you'll see thousands of videos from me in seven different countries on mm. just motorcycles. So stuff. this is a kind of a problem for you then. <laughs> what kind of bike? What's your favorite? Poster. <laughs> um, I'm a European bike guy, so I do a lot of Italian stuff, most stuff no one's ever heard of. Oh, okay. And the Augusta Laverta Benelli. Um, Benelli also makes the shotgun. Yeah. The same, they were the same company at one time. But yeah, I travel all over the world. I just came back from Benelli Week in Argentina, which wow. I fell in love with Argentina. If you ever get a chance to go to San Rafael, it is spectacular, super safe, dirt cheap. Like, I was shocked. I was in like five star restaurants getting like four inch thick T-bone and had three espresso martinis and my bill was 15 American dollars. Oh, wow. And it's a great place to go. And believe it or not, it's a very conservative country. And what were you doing there? Uh, Benelli Week. Yeah, so what, I mean, what there's, were you? Were you going to buy a bike or no, were you just going no, to check I, it out? I, 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 or bring I, a bike? I'm a, every Benelli Week in the world, there's, there's uh, one, two, four of them. Um, I'm kind of the spokesperson for the U.S. for Benelli. So they fly me out and... Sweet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty So awesome. you don't even have to buy anything. You're not out there uh, buying. Are you a buyer? No they, no. they don't. They're not selling anything. No, they're not selling anything. No, no, no. And they give me bikes. Like, I go to Pesaro, Italy every September. They have they give me bikes to ride. And Argentina was super nice. The guy, An- Anwar, who owns the Benelli dealership and Benelli Hotel there, gave me any bike I wanted and t- took me everywhere, introduced me. I went to the Italian consulates for dinner. Wow. Went to the mayors for dinner. And it was just an awesome time. And... I was very surprised how nice San Rafael is and how nice the people there are. And if, if you ever want to go on a really great vacation for little money, go to San Rafael. It is spectacular. I'm writing and, it down. And it's super safe. Uh, they're very conservative. Um, they don't like cursing. So if you got a potty mouth, they're, they're going to look down on you. Well, what if you just don't learn Spanish? Then you can't curse. So... Your problem uh, solved. Well, a lot of people speak English. Oh, you can't even curse in English, huh? No. Ding, they, ding. They look down on it. Um, it's a really neat neat place. Everyone has a purpose there. It, the first day I was there, my friend Anwar was working. And then this, my, I brought two Italian friends with me, but they didn't get there till the day after I got there. So they met me there. So the first day there, I was there, he gives me a motorcycle. And I'm cruising around just sightseeing. And it, not, it started getting dark. I'm like, I better get back because I don't know. My, my phone GPS won't work there. So I'm like, I better get back before it gets dark. So I started seeing these guys lighting little fires all throughout the streets. And I, I stopped and I'm looking. They were lighting fires in potholes. 
So when I got back to the hotel, I said, Anwar, what's with the guys lighting all the fires in the potholes? He goes, oh, they're, they're, they, everyone has a purpose here. And they're the poorer people in, in the state. And the, the state pays them to light a fire in every pothole so people can see the potholes at night. Wow. It's pretty neat. Are they, are they on bikes? Most people on bikes. A lot of people on bikes. Motorcycles. So, yes. Yeah. Right. So, so you, you, you would think so maybe that, that they want they can avoid them easier with yeah the, with yeah. The yeah. But so, so some guy goes every night and and have they have these little bricks that burn for like twenty four hours. Sure. Oh yeah. And they put them in yeah. every pothole and they break them up for smaller potholes. They don't do the little tiny potholes, but any pothole that's going to knock you off a scooter. Sure. And they burn all night, oh, wow. and it's pretty cool. You could do that job. Uh, well, <laughs> it, you know, it just occurs to me that the, with the money they spend to do that, they could actually pave the roads. No, because well. you know why they don't do that? I asked that question. <laughs> yeah. And they said, but then you're going to put that man out of a job. Well, huh. It's a forever job. Well, so is paving the roads. No, yeah. once you pave them, they're good yeah, for the whole year. Yeah, once, uh, you're yeah. Done. once it's paved, it's paved. Well, yeah, the, I would say... I would say my experience is that once you pave them, they're good for about three months. Well, you live in Minnesota, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you're right, exactly. Yeah, Minnesota, it's very different. Yeah, road lasts about 25 minutes before it's a complete mess again. And, and oh, the, yeah. Another thing there, they don't, they don't sell anything, and I mean nothing, that's not made in Argentina. Really? Uh-huh. You can't import anything. For, no matter how much money you have and how powerful you are, you're driving a car or a motorcycle that was built in Argentina. Hmm. Cool. And yeah. you were there during the um, the soccer thing. What's it called? Yeah. World Cup? Yeah, World Cup. Yeah. yeah, and they won it, right? Yeah, they won. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Must oh, have been a loud been night. Oh, yeah. I was there yeah. for a month. San Rafael, though, it's 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 a really nice city. I'm, I was surprised how beautiful and how peaceful and nice, and they have almost no crime there. Can you buy a car from there and bring it back? Mm. You can. You can buy stuff from, from Argentina, but you can't bring anything in. And even they like Chevy has a plant there, and they sell big Chevy Silverados. Okay. But they got little four-cylinder turbos in them. Huh. Everything looks the same, but until you open the hood, yeah. and it's completely different. Four-cylinder Silverado that must not have much acceleration. I wouldn't the, think the number one car there is Toyota, and they all have four-cylinder turbos too. The big Toyota trucks. Huh. It's number one there. But Benelli Motorcycle has a factory there, and they always have because Di Tommaso, who designed the Ford Pantera. Going back to cars, he uh, also designed all the Benelli six-cylinders in the 70s, and he was from Argentina, lived in Argentina. So he opened the Benelli plant way back in the 60s in Argentina. So Benelli's been there its whole time. They're, I think the, one of the number one countries for sales of Benelli. Sure. Italy's two, Germany's three. Wow. We don't have them in America. Uh, Mike, you ever drive a, ride a motorcycle? Hell no. Yeah. yeah. No. I've never been on a motorcycle, yeah. and I doubt I ever will. Well, I, I, too used paranoid. To, I used to be a car guy, but, you know, cars are too hard to collect. They, they take up too much space. Yeah. There's too much to do. The paint goes bad. It's 30 grand yeah. to get it to strip and paint it. Like, I was like, I can't do this no more. Pretty, so, pretty much everyone I know who uh, likes riding motorcycles or used to has stories about the horrible accidents yeah. they've had. Yep. So uh, it just doesn't, risk reward doesn't seem favorable to me. Yeah. Well, when I got that license when I was 15, I already had a Triumph motorcycle, and then that year I bought a Benelli six-cylinder, and uh, I've had one ever since. And I think right now I got I think 42 bikes or something. Oh my God! And I ride. I've ridden all over the world, and I think I maybe had one close call. Sure. 
it's all about how what kind of rider you are. Yeah, that is true. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like anything, right? You got to pay attention, man. Hunter, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's scan and react, scan and react, yeah. scan and react. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't allowed motorcycles at our house uh, no. growing up, and uh, I, I was scared of them because of that. Oh, I had go karts so. and mini bikes at ten. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we had that. We've had those, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But no, um, my parents wouldn't let us get oh, we're, a, a we're motorcycle. No, we are not a motorcycle country at yeah. all. My motorcycle page is just about a quarter million followers on that page right now. And I can see where my number one fan base is. Number one for me is Indonesia because 99% of the population drives a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, South Korea, you know, sure. Miramar. So mm-hmm. do you put stuff in their language? I do, yes. Oh, cool. Yes. See, that's, that's brilliant then. You, yeah, you, yeah. You market, they touch, they click, they go and... Yeah, and, and Facebook's very, very good to me by, you know, putting ads in my in my videos. And sure. Very good to me. So I, I stay loyal to Facebook, even though a lot of people say it's dying. It's not for me. No. I, I just showed Andy my analytics. I get 1,000 new followers a day. Cool. Just on motorcycle stuff. Yeah. Every day, 1,000 people. So... But yeah, America is not a motorcycle country. Um, that's why a lot of those brands don't come here and don't. So I, I talked to the CEO of Benelli. He's like, we would never excel in America. We sell more bikes in one day in any Asian, Southeast Asian country than we would in five years in America. Yeah. Well, in America, they don't want those like light, quick motorcycles. If, if someone wants a motorcycle here, they want something big and loud. Yeah. Which is not how it is know. over in Asia, I no, don't think. No, no, no. You would never see anyone driving a Like a Harley or something CC. like that? There's no they, way. There, there's people that have them, but it's not a common thing. Even yeah. in Italy, it's very uncommon. Yep. So we have a, a property in Grantsburg and uh, Wisconsin. And, you know, going to get my son, uh, get us a four-wheeler. So, um, you know, play around or whatever. He's a young kid. So I call my friend um, who's uh, KTM. He's the president of KTM. And I said, hey, what do you... You know, is there anything? And he said, don't get him a four-wheeler. Get him a motorcycle. Get him a motorcycle. Get him on one of our bikes. Because if he learns on a motorcycle, he's scared. He's, he that has is true. Fear. Yep, he true. has, the, the kids that get on those four, four-wheelers, they don't have fear. They think it's okay. Then they roll them and they die. Yep. On, a, on a motorcycle, if they fall, they hurt. I agree. So we started my son on that, and, and he's he rides a KTM no, dirt bike. And so his the kids now, I think, though, to your point, I don't know that the – he likes more of the sleeker uh, European bikes than he does sure. the Harley. Sport bikes. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yeah, those 20-foot-long those, yeah, yeah. motorcycles that sit way low, that's just not a thing anymore. <laughs> no, my, my page is all sport bikes. Okay. Sport bike yeah. and, and oddball stuff. I do a lot of GP track races. I got VIP, so I get in all the paddocks to the, to the GP races. So I'm right there when – right at the pit stop like i get really good footage and i do everything on my galaxy cool which is pretty amazing right. i edit all my videos on my galaxy i shoot them all on my galaxy and see what you're missing mike on your <laughs> well, you, you know, could be doing sounding, this it's sounding good but the problem is let, let, let's say i get a motorcycle I'm not going to find women in my age group who want to be my bitch. Oh, I don't know about that, man. Oh, I yeah. disagree. Go I down actually, to Fun and Son in Texas, man. There's a lot of them. Oh. I actually see a lot of people in like the probably 50 to maybe 70 range yes. who are who, who are into motorcycles. In fact, I think that's sure. the primary demo I see, at least out where I well, am. Well, probably in Sturgis, too. Yeah, Sturgis and, De- and Daytona. That's yeah. an older, older mm-hmm. demographic Absolutely. there. Yep. Yeah. Tom sees it in Florida. There's a lot of old guys that turn into Harley bikers when they're 65, 70. Yep. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, yeah. I have a story about, so Jimmy, you mentioned that kids driving four-wheelers yeah. don't 
get the fear knocked into them kind yeah. of situation. I actually have a similar story uh, growing up on the farm. We had a go-kart. Yep. It, well, it was like, it was an easy go. So it was a go-kart. Oh, sure. Yeah. I know yeah. where you got the easy go, too. Yep, yep. I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, and I used to just drive that thing all around because we had, what was it, 27 acres? Yep, that's yeah, right. 27 acres, mostly just pasture. Go to the barn, go to the Yeah, exactly. My mom used to use it. Yeah, she'd go down to the barn. She could haul things. Mm. So I used to just take it out in the pasture and just drive it around just for fun. Uh, until one day, I was driving up a hill, and I hit a little bump. And what happened was the front of the Easy Go was pointing almost upwards directly. What I didn't know was that someone was hauling weights. Oh, in the back. In the back. Probably Tom. So Probably, <laughs> yes. Probably Tom. So I hit this bump, and the back is so heavy that it almost flipped over. It was probably 10 degrees away from going over. And that day, I learned not to, uh, you know, take it lightly anymore. Speaking <laughs> of those 27 acres, which are my 27 acres that, now. Yep, yeah, you live on that property I, uh, now. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I had to buy, Tom, this week... I had to buy a new skid loader. I don't know if you guys know what skid loaders cost, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't it like 70000 Yeah, they're yeah. ridiculous. And you can't even get one because no one has the chips. Sure. Like, we don't have the chips. We, don't, we have a 200 machines, but we got no chips, so we can't finish them. Yep. I ended up finding one and got one because my other one blew up. And with that property, there's so much driveway, as Tom knows, you, you got to clear that snow. There's yeah. probably almost a half a mile of driveway. It's a lot of driveway. Yeah. So I had to buy a new skid loader, which killed me and then the very next day i go out and get on the four-wheeler go down to the barn and it's stuck in fourth gear and it's electric shift honda foreman and it won't come out of gear so you can't start it because it has to be a neutral to start oh and that property you have to have a four-wheeler i got nine horses there you got to feed them yep and i have to have a four-wheeler it's a must thing on the property so i had to go buy a brand new four-wheeler i had no time to search around for a good used one i just had to go Bike the bullet. Yeah, it's an expensive week. Yeah, so I went to Heinen's and ended up getting one for ten grand. But yeah, it was an expensive week. <laughs> ten grand's pretty good for a new four wheeler. That's what they are. That's all of them. Even this, the Yamaha seven fifty, huh. they're like ten nine. Yeah, yeah, they're in the, the four by you know. Put They've two come seats down a lot. Last year higher. they were way more. Yeah, they, oh, they, okay. they they came down like three grand this year, but not skid loaders. But the guy told me at I went to John Deere Bobcat case. I ended up buying a case. The guy at Bobcat said, if you're going to buy one, buy one this year because next year they're 100 grand. Mm. Because we already got the prices for 2024. They're 99.98. And <laughs> was yours used or was it a new used floor model or I bought a used one that was a uh, municipal that was really well taken. We never left the building. Mm. But still paid up for it. Sure. But at low hours case, but it, I bought it the biggest the 75 horsepower, the biggest one you can get. Why wouldn't you? In that year, got to go big, right? Well, I mean, go big go, or go home. If you yeah. see, if you've ever been to Tom's old house, it's a lot of property. It's a lot. I have yeah. to carve paths through the pastures to yeah. get to the horses. You got to have a real right. skid loader. Yeah, you, you don't can't have a toy. Around. You can't have a toy. No, it's not a toy property. No, and people who don't know, do it. it's on loader. the river and it gets a lot of snow. A skid loader is basically like a small version of a bulldozer. Yeah. So it's like you can lift up. Okay. You got yeah. other you yeah. tools for it? You got a yeah, yeah. brush, Grass, you got a mower. Yeah. I don't, uh, no mower. No you, mower. Don't, you don't mow with the skid loader. Oh, no, yeah, it's yeah, just I low. Yeah, yeah. 
And too powerful. There's no, yeah. it would be an overkill. My yeah. brother has a bobcat that he's got. He's got one of those on there, but it's not for mowing. It's for chopping. Chopping trees. trees yeah. And yeah. Brush hog. Brush mm-hmm. hog. A brush hog. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I have a pull behind brush hog. You also have a brush sheep, so. <laughs> That's one thing I, you know, I moved from down. People know I, lo- I used to live right in the heart of the city. Me too. And then I met Tom and... and uh, in and, L.A.? You lived in L.A.? Oh, yeah. my whole, Most of my adult life. Okay. Yeah. So I met Tom and uh, became friends with Tom, and he told me about the, the, pro- the property he had there. And so me and Nancy went and looked at it. It was April, and there was like three feet of snow in April. <laughs> and I said, I'm trudging up that driveway in three feet of snow. I'm like, you sure you want to do this? <laughs> to myself. But I, ha- I knew it was time to get out of downtown. Yeah. And I owned I owned a building there. Okay. So I knew if I didn't sell it then, I'd be screwed. Right. Yeah. So I, it was good foresight, and we really love it where we live, living at Tom's. What year was that that you came to Minnesota? Uh, well, I came here 11 years ago, but I just bought Tom's place like five years ago. Okay. Yeah, so, that's probably about right. Yeah. It is right, because we shear our sheep every year, and we're... So we we have we send the sheer the sheep the wool out to be cleaned and they put it in these bags and so we have five years of wool so we know that we've been there. Five what do you years. do with it? Just we're gonna Nancy's eventually gonna make a sweater. Five years <laughs> isn't enough it's for worth, a sweater. Bob, it's worth Bob, nothing. Well, it's no. worth like a penny a hundred pounds. Yeah, sheep wool is <laughs> worthless these days. But there, but I tell you what, at, a, at all the animals that we've had and all the throughout my life, our favorite animals, both me and Nancy agree that are our two sheep. Because they're, you know, Mary had a little lamb. They follow you everywhere you go. Yeah. And we got them as bottle sheep, as little babies. And they're just lovable, man. How, are they, how, how long do they live? How, how many years? S- seven to ten, unfortunately. Seven to ten. And then what do you do? Eat them? No. No, no. you wouldn't <laughs> eat an old sheep. Would, would, you, would you Oh, no, they're good eating. No, yeah. they're good. No, oh. we just bury them. They're I don't pets. think they'd be good they're eating. They're pets, okay. When they... At ten years old, I don't know. Yeah, they're, I... they're just pets. That's mutton yeah. at that yeah. point. That is well, mutton. Well, yeah. It's plus, very old mutton. Plus, they keep you, uh, you know, they keep you uh, cool in the summer and uh, warm in the winter. <laughs> sure. And I tell you what they really are good at. They're really good guard dogs. If they see anything, man, they see a human being, not an animal. If they see a human being, like, no one could walk up to, well, you can't walk up to the house anyway. It's gated. The yeah. whole property's gated. But if you could jump the fence and walked up there, Susie, those sheep see you. Bah! Oh, they start going. <laughs> They'll go crazy, man. Cool. The horses don't, but the sheep do. Yeah, you know, horses don't care. No, yeah. horses don't care. They'll just look less. at you. Yeah, but the sheep, well, we have one, we have two different kind. They're two different breeds. And one's white, one's black. Well, the black one's name's Teeny because he's really small. He's Teeny. And but the white one's like 260 pounds. Wow, she's a big Jeez. girl. <laughs> and where do they sleep? They got their own little shed. Uh, yeah, they have or, their. They, they they sleep under. There's a deck in the back of the house, and we made like little pot little pods back there, and they they go and they have the run of the whole property. Cool, the whole 27 acres. They have. Do you ever put of. a GoPro on them and let them see where they go? Uh, no, but <laughs> I have. Kind of fun, right? Ha- I do have a GPS on my. I have a Manx. You know what a Manx is? A tailless cat. The little yeah. cat, like they look like little bobcats. Mm-hmm. Oh. I have a GPS on him, live GPS, and it's he goes far, man. I have to go out and yell for him. Timothy, actually, Tom named him Timothy. Tom used to sing that song Timothy about the kid that fell in the well. Timothy. And we, yeah. So yep. Nancy always used to hear Tom sing that song Timothy. And we found this cat out in the woods. Was it was the little tiniest baby you've ever seen. So she named him Timothy because he fell in a well, kind of. He was lost and. What? Yeah. But, yeah, living out there has been really good. 
I bet. Animals yeah. are fun. You, you don't have that at your house, Mike. You, you got cats. I have you a cat, cats. yeah. yeah I mean, love... I've always had cats, yeah. yeah. Cats, are, cats are good. Some cats, you know, are, are like your best friend. And some, they make it clear, you know, don't get too close <laughs> yeah, to them. They don't care. Yeah. They have very varying personalities. I have a cat now, and, you know, at, at, uh, at, at 12.30 in the morning, she wants me to pet her. And that's basically the only interaction we have. That's it. Yeah. And for five minutes. For, yeah, exactly. So long until you get bit. Well, Manx are known, <laughs> yeah. Manx are known to be very doggish. Yeah, They're they very are. like dogs. Mm-hmm. Do, do they, they take play car fetch. Rides? Yep, they yeah. like to play fetch. They, you, if you, you, that cat can be 10 acres away. And you can go out and yell, Timothy! And you'll see him just flying through that pasture running to you. They, just, they act just like dogs. Yeah. I, I throw uh, I throw these little rubber little little sponge balls. My cat loves to to you know track them down, mm-hmm. and uh, but she won't bring them back to me. No, no, no most cats don't. No, yeah, some do. Cats, some yeah. I think maybe if you're if you're lucky, you get the right cat and you're patient, you can teach them to to retrieve some things. But what she does is, in in the middle of the night, she picks up the sponge balls. She finds them wherever they are, and then she puts them in her water dish. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, the two of us just are not on the same wavelength. Yeah, apparently. I'm, I'm really a dog guy, but I travel too much to own a dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's impossible to travel with a dog. Dogs really want their owners there. Yes, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't do, do that. I have a dog. Yeah, yeah. it's so I hire, I hire a girl that right across the street's a horse vet Daryl's there, and I hire a girl that works there to take care of my place when I'm gone. But I'm, like, I'm gone sometimes for a whole month. You can't leave a dog for a month. No, you can't. No. They get depressed. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to a dog. Well, it's another year. What's new for 2023 at Walzer? Well, we're going back in time in a way. You bought a DeLorean franchise. Not exactly. Uh. The market's returning to normal. New inventories are getting back to pre-pandemic levels, and used car prices are returning to normal. So what's a 1995 Camry worth? Deep sympathy. Uh. Mike, have you considered something newer? Well, I would if it came with a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty. Hey, was that convincing? As if I knew what a powertrain was? No. It's major medical coverage for your car, and it's free with every new car and most used cars at Walzer. I hope you're also keeping your return and exchange program. Of course, people really like that because it means you can't make a mistake. Interestingly, though, we sold 45,000 cars last year, and we took back less than 100. Amazing upfront pricing, a free 150,000-mile warranty, a return and exchange policy... It's no wonder you sold 45,000 cars last year. To learn more, go to walzer.com. Can I add something? No. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. 
And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I can't believe Daryl's still uh, still at it. Oh, my God. The guy works. He was our vet when I was, like, Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Making money, huh? I guess so. That guy, he's one it's of It's not cheap. He's one of the most uh, Horses aren't sought cheap. after no. horse vet in Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, no. they are I, not. I, I know that just because I, I have had a little little ownership of some horses, some race horses. And wow, is that expensive? Just the yeah. food. <laughs> oh, well, and the and the vet bills because you know these these racehorses, I mean they're they're getting uh, they're getting a lot of drugs, yeah. way mm-hmm. too many, I might add. And so that's one reason why it's almost impossible to make money owning horses. It's just the it's yeah it's the daily fees, and it's the vet bills. If you have a really good pedigree for a racehorse. Really, the only way to make money is to breed it and then sell right. the offspring. That's yeah. the way to make My money. That's where the big horses. money is, yeah. yeah. My horses are just pets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ours were, too, yeah. Do you ride, do you ride them I as did. pets? I, I actually rode uh, through Yellowstone. I just posted a picture, actually, on my Facebook page of me going through Yellowstone. It was a really cool adventure. You brought your own horse to Yellowstone? Um, I did not, actually. I, I was. I thought about it. That's difficult. I, uh, yeah, yeah, because they don't know the terrain. That's what yeah, I yeah, would yeah. think. And I, I have a friend named Kip who owns. It's called Rock and Outfitters. He's right in Livingston, the the mouth of of Yellowstone, and he has an outfitting group there, about twenty horses. And he gave me and Nancy two horses, and he said, "Just go because if you die on the horse, that horse will bring you back here. Don't worry." <laughs> oh, that's comforting. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, that could happen. You know, I get that, a beast. Well, that wouldn't be my first fear, but uh, sometimes you're five. We went on a trail. We were sometimes on little trails, four thousand feet up, yeah. on the top of the pines, and it's just one little misstep, and you're down mm-hmm. off a cliff, man. Yeah. You know? hey, would you guys agree the first used car was a horse? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I would say a horse buggy, horse a wagon. Wagon. Actually, my wife's reading a book right now about people who drove the first Oregon Trail on horse and buggies, and those actually uh, car repair guys <laughs> on the way fix the wheels and, and, and tow guys, yep. tow guys with ox. It would tow. It yeah. would tow your buggy back to a place to get it repaired. Yep. You know, this yeah. is back in the 1800s. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of history there with that. That trail in, in America. Someone, right? people still do it, you know, today. Sure. And it's almost impossible. They have a really hard time. And it's amazing that you read the, I'll have to get the name of the book of this from Nancy, but it's an amazing story of people even heard it like a thousand sheep with them. It went all the way across. All the way across, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Like, I don't know how mankind did it. I played the game of the Oregon Trail. Yeah, MEC, MECC, Minnesota. But people still do it today. Yeah, my kids were into that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People still do it today with the stuff that they did it with back then. And I I bet you it's difficult because now the highway's over. (laughs) Yeah, they they said that's the the biggest problem. You you got to cross a section of highway that's. No, they mentioned that, that you almost get killed by tractor trailers. Yeah. You're not fording the river, you're fording, you know, I. 27 or whatever yeah, yeah. And, but people still do it every year they do it every year God well back then them. it was a 10 percent death rate so i'm oh you know. well see we used <laughs> to people go say how did they do it chance of living well, talk, to go talk, talk about gambling yeah. yeah exactly there's a gamble yeah big gamble Take well and they life. did they they Take went so that they could have a better, better. life it was 10 well, percent sure. chance of any given so if you had a family of 10 one of them wasn't going to make it 
Well, yeah, and, and what was the death rate when the Mormons decided to go to Utah? When did they do that? Google it. Long time ago. That was a long time ago, but yeah, I mean, they that was, you know. I just know the Oregon Trail. We used to go at a, at a grueling pace with meager rations, and we'd stop and shoot at every buffalo that we could, and then we'd, mm -hmm. try, to, we'd try to kill ourselves in the game so that we could have a headstone so that the next time you played the game you'd come by and there's well, a headstone would if, you like to read if, it if, you, read if it. you read in this book they brought when they first left they brought everything they owned yes even yes, they the, even actually sinks yes all on that and, and on the way they would dump they'd start dumping stuff <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff along the oregon trail if yeah. you went through there with a the metal detector can't keep it they dumped a lot mormon trail 3.5 percent mortality that's not bad. No yeah. problem at all. That's surprisingly low, yeah. It is. It was also Well, later, the terrain's though, not too bad. From, what year was it? The terrain's not too bad to Utah. It's past Utah yeah. where it gets rough. Let's Grueling see. pace. Yeah. Meager rations. Uh, that would have been 1846. Okay. So and they, they when didn't was the Oregon Trail? That was... Let's see here. The actual Oregon Trail... Uh, earlier, earlier. Yeah, it was like it started in 1811. Yeah, early. So same era. Yeah. The first yeah, migrant era. wagon train was 1836. So it's only 10 years. Yeah, yeah. But that's a more growing path than Utah. Sure. Well, yeah, the even today, yeah. even just driving to Utah today is not bad. Yeah, going yeah. through all those mountains. I would say yeah. it was yeah a little more difficult for the Mormons. The problem with the Mor Mormons had is that everywhere they stopped, they were not welcome. Let's just put it that way. And so that would probably be the biggest danger for them. Man, they should write a book about that. <laughs> yeah, that'd Maybe be a huge chapters. Broadway show. They could call it Exodus or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, nowadays they should do a Broadway show. Well, That they would did. be big. They did. I know. And, uh, you know, it, uh, I, it was very controversial, so I avoided it. You, mm. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't like to step into something like that. <laughs> I was in Utah this year. The outer ring of the city is terrible, but inside, in, inner city is nice. Salt Lake, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The outer ring is horrific. We skied Deer thousands Valley. thousands of homeless, man. Out there. Mm. Thousands of homeless on yeah. the outer ring of the city. But well, once yeah. you get in, it was fine. And they wind up in Las Vegas. Yeah, well, and Reno. Yeah. Reno is bad. Wouldn't Reno be better to no, live? Oh, Reno is bad, man. I mean, with the weather? Isn't the weather yeah, better? Yeah, Reno is bad there. It's Weather's bad. Weather's nice in Utah. Because Reno is bad because of the... of. Homeless and meth. And meth. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meth just destroyed Reno, man. Uh, well, it's Johnny Cash. I blame Johnny Cash because he shot a man in Reno. <laughs> just to watch him die. That's mm -hmm. right. So Reno's pretty that's... sketchy, man. Reno's always been kind of sketchy, hasn't it? I've yeah, never been. No, it hasn't always been. It's worse now than it ever. I was, I was this. I was just there, and I, I kept noticing. It's funny because I'm, I'm very observant, and I, I notice everything, and I kept noticing cars with people in them. And I'd see that car like four hours later, it's still be able to same people. Were well, people still in it? I'm like, how are those people still in that car? And and now I start looking around. There's people in all kinds of cars just parked on the street. Mm. Oh so, yeah. So uh, I start walking. They're shooting. I up. start walking, just glancing in. No, they're smoking meth. Oh. They're in there with a with a with same a meth thing. pipe. Yeah. So I kept walking by, just glancing in cars, and everyone had a meth pipe in their hand. Yep. So it, it's bad there. Wow. It's bad. And Reno used to be kind of cool. But it's not anymore. So you probably can't get a good deal on a used car in Reno. Well, if you don't mind the meth smell. That's, you know. I suppose that, and it's kind of a, usually, I, I don't know much about meth, but I do know that the the odor is almost always referred to as a stench. Yeah, I, I, 
I can't even really imagine what meth smells like because I know so little yeah. about it. Very it's, chemically it chemi- smell. I was going to say. But it takes it's... a long time to make a room smell. Like you'd have to smoke meth in here for six months before the room would stink. Smell like mm. that. It's not like, like cigarettes. Like one cigarette and the whole place smells like it for yep. Right. It's not like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that is good in Reno, they have the best car museum that you'll ever go to. Really? The National Car Museum, right in downtown I'm, Reno. I'm write it that used down. to be at Harris, and Harris joined up with the National Car Museum, and it's only five bucks. <laughs> Five bucks. Nothing costs five bucks anymore. I told them, you guys need to raise your prices because, like, Peterson's 50 bucks in L.A. I said, there's no – and it's a spectacular car museum. I mean spectacular. They have the coolest stuff there that you'll ever see. It's, it's five bucks. I'm going to check it out. It's worth yeah. going to Reno just for that. Well, let's go. Let's do a road trip. We should. Right? Well, we just you know, met, but let's go on a road trip together. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. sure my wife would think it's cool that – yeah. Nick, you want to come? Come I on. I don't know, man. I'm, 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 right now, I'm tripped out. Yeah, yeah I, I can bet. imagine. Yeah, being gone for a I've month. been gone yeah. for a long time. I, I do want to. We'll plan it in a few, for a few months down the road. I, I need to stay home on the farm for at least a month before I think about going anywhere. I don't, I don't like Las Vegas, but um, uh, I would like to go to Las Vegas to see the Pinball Museum. Pinball yeah. Museum? That yeah, got, it's the what? Pinball. There's a Pinball. It's like the Pinball Hall of Fame or Museum. And you can actually play all these wonderful old games. If you're your age, you can. What's that? If you're your age, you're my age, you can. Yeah. But if you're a kid, you can't touch anything. The, the owners hate kids. Oh, yeah. And then even if, even if you're 20, they hate, they'll pound yeah. you. The, the, the guy's known to be a real Well, if you, if you go, in, if you yeah, go into one of these bars where they have all these old pinball machines, you can always spot the genuine ones, you know, which, which are not this digital crap they have today. Mm-hmm. They're mechanical. Oh, yeah. All mechanical. And you can you can immediately spot which ones are the mechanical ones because there's something on the on the glass that says out of order. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> that tilt sensor goes off. Or well, something. That guy has the biggest. Tilt. He's got the biggest collection in the world. But I heard he's not very nice of a person. Well, I yeah. feel I feel like I'm like right on the cusp, just too young for like pinball to be a cultural thing for me yeah oh, it was over when i was a kid it was my sister my sister's four years older than me it was her generation how old are you i'm 57 57 really? you think it was that long ago? wow no you know, 57 well they pinball Hello, was a thing back, I'm 58 pinball was a thing until like uh what space invaders probably pac-man it, yeah, that, it, it, that yeah probably when all those other all, all well, those other things came in no, but space invader was, was 1978 yeah, that, i wouldn't call that pinball though well, no, it's not pinball, but it replaced pinball. It replaced yeah. pinball, yes. yes. But 1978, Arcade so, games. I mean, yeah, that was My almost My generation played ago. the games, not the pinballs. Yep, yep, exactly. With pinball, the what would always break your heart is you'd go go to play your favorite pinball machine. And uh, and then you'd see that the you put the, you know, you put the nickel in or the dime or the quarter as it went along. But you would always experience flip or flop. And that was that was that was like you know that was like the cancer of pinball machines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the real crazy digital ones, they're the ones everyone wants, and they're God, they're twenty grand, man. Yep. They're crazy money. Yeah, and there's no skill involved. But it's they're crazy just, money. The old no ones fun. are down to like three hundred bucks. <laughs> no one wants them. Yeah. Well, it's, of course, it's very deceptive because yeah. you got to have them repaired every. Yeah. Other the maintenance day. is yeah. 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 I had a pinball every, machine. That's like, like a that. jukebox. Yeah. yeah. Never buy a jukebox. <laughs> no, that's cool. You don't want to be cool like Fonzie? Never buy a jukebox. You move it two feet, it doesn't work anymore right after the guy fixed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Dad, you haven't talked in a while. 
I took a nap. You there, Tom? Was there any room to talk? No. Tom. I was waiting for a break, and it just never <laughs> happened, man. I tried to co- include you in a couple times. No, We're talking about fine. Dayton. Good I'm interested in the conversation. Not a problem. Yeah. For a while there, I thought you just had a drop with, yep. And he just would just say, <laughs> yep, I'm paying Just press a button. He's playing Candy Crush on his phone and hits the drop. Yeah, yep. Tiger Woods out. 06. I was going to tell one joke. So a mayor, a Jew, and an Italian walk into a bar. I find your, your conversation to be fascinating. I got no problem with that. You want to go on a road trip with us? We're talking. We're planning on a road trip. <laughs> Tom, Boy, look at the time. <laughs> I we'll tell you, you I got to leave at 102 or whatever time Well, Tom, a, a question for you. Um, yes. All those years we went to Vegas. Yes. How long, uh, what year was it, do you, do you remember, when you first said the words, I'm never coming here again? <laughs> um, the first was, time? <laughs> no, it wasn't the first time because, well, I think we set a record, which was pretty amazing. Oh, they but, were uh, amazing trips in, in the day. God, 5,500 people showed up. That's unbelievable. At the, uh, was that the gold? No, it wasn't the gold nugget. It was the other one. I can't remember. And there were so no, many. Yeah. See, I like to go to Rayo's, which is a great Italian restaurant out there. Yeah, I remember going there with you. Yep. I mean, so that, that, that kind of stuff. That was during I mean, what time of year? Uh, November, usually. It was November. So the, I would have gone in probably 2000. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So was that... A, I've only gone, I only went, went, I only went once. So, uh, yeah, was 2000, would you call that the height, or was that like the height was over by then? It was about, I think it was 98, actually. I don't think it was 2000 quite yet. Pretty close. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you were 12 years old, if I remember correctly. And the reason I know that is, is because they were handing out those titty little, uh, mm. little pamphlets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and sure, yeah. The, every, yeah. Everywhere you went. You, yeah, no more. That was bad no more? stuff. No yeah. more. No, it's gone. It's a cultural touch. They got gone. rid of that. The, the now, they have, now they have big, giant, lit billboard trucks with the titties on it. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> great. There you go. Yeah, it's a classy <laughs> town, isn't it? Yeah, nothing but class. But, but it was the, fun. Uh, Those trips were fun, and, and they were they were just awesome, in the, in, in, especially in the early years. Mm-hmm. When um, and you know, But Las, the thing about Las Vegas is, you know, as everybody says, it's a 24-hour town, you know. You go there, Wally, of course, Wally Walker knew this because he used to take the 24-hour trips. You remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> They'd fly in. It's like, you know, you, you, you cost like $99 or something. And they'd fly in, and they'd land on some uh, rural strip or somewhere. And then Wally and, and all these other people would gamble, you know, basically for 24 hours. And then they'd get back on the plane and they'd come back. I don't get it. I, I just no, go to a casino. I don't, I don't get it. Either. I I don't know. I just it's it's. But people, that's one thing about Las Vegas. You know, it's 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 a license to behave much differently than you yeah. ever do the other 350 yep. days a year. Well, it I would like true. to take a, a road trip to the Barrett Jackson auction. Tom, would you do that? Where, where you, is that? I don't know. Where did, where is the just was in, is in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 Florida too. Yeah. It travels. Yeah, go Florida. Meekum and Barrett Jackson. Huh? Would travel. you go to a? I think Meekum's. I think Meekum's a little bit better of an auction mm-hmm. myself personally, but that's a matter of it's, opinion. It, it does sound interesting, but no, I wouldn't be. No. You wouldn't go, yeah, because that's <laughs> way far away. The the one I just <laughs> went to in Vegas is the biggest motorcycle auction in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Five thousand. I mean, bikes. Were, there was bikes selling for over a million dollars. Oh. Um, they think they broke the record this year. For one bike, it was wow. like 1.2 million. Um, they it's nothing. 
I got that. And I was watching. Just finance so it. I, they, they give me front row because the front row is on TV. So they always put me in the front row just to get attention. So I uh, sit in the front row and I, I watch who's buying the, the big stuff, and especially someone's buying 20, 30 things. And I'll, I'll just put in my mind where they are. There's a little bar in the bidding room. And when they get up to go to the bar, I always go up over there and just make chatter with them and just see what their deal is. Sure. So this year was a surprise. Everyone who was big buyers were not Americans. That doesn't surprise me at they all. They were yeah. not from this country. They were all from either Italy or France. And I asked them what they were doing. And they all, so you'll find this interesting, Tom. They all said, we're trying to turn our cash into tangible property. Yep. Oh, God, Because in yes. hyperinflation... You're trying it, to get rid of money. Yep. Yeah. If hyperinflation hits, your money's worthless. Because motorcycles are easy, are easy to stash. Sure. Yeah. You can fit five of them in a closet. Right. <laughs> you know, in a walk-in closet. You can stash motorcycles. You drain all the fluids right. out of them, and you stash them away, man, in a nice, dry environment. Interesting. Yeah, cool, dry environment, and they Investment stay forever. Strategy. And I'll tell you, bikes are really going up. I mean, stuff that I owned 10 years ago that I sold for 20 are now 120 so wow yeah so you go you go to the auction you go to the barrett jackson with us we'd all jump in uh i go to make them more but barrett jackson's more of a show to me more would you take us to beacom sure make them's more yeah make them's more of a a, they're all showy they all have some fraud stuff that that's the stuff i want to (laughs) see Stuff that so they don't need the market fraud. Motorcycles. Well, that's, that's because you're just basically a machine politician. Right. You know, what, they, <laughs> what they do is they have to make it extra exciting for TV. So that, you know, some of the sales, I believe, are fake. Mm. Uh-huh. You know, when you see a car sell for $3 million, and then you see, you see the guy who brought it, and the same guy takes it back. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's my opinion. Sure. I don't have any proof of it, but I've seen some shady stuff. Sure, sure. I had the same well, thought about that. Antiques Roadshow. There's no way some of those aren't fake. Oh, yeah. I mean, someone will bring in like a, you know, chipped tea kettle and it would appraise for $500,000. It's like there's no way. Well, as Tom knows, everything a lot, you know, probably, what do you think, Tom? 60% of the stuff on the media is just hyped bullcrap. I would say 96% now. <laughs> yeah, today's world, do, yeah. Today's they just world. lie. That's all they do. You know, that's, what's so amazing to me is uh, it, it, the people that watch television and all of these news channels, and the local news channels, local broadcasts do a pretty good job, but the national news, I don't care who it is, if it's CNN, Fox, MSM, all they do is lie and spew hatred. Why would I want to watch that? Well, you know, I think even local anymore, it's not, they don't really? actually lie. They just don't tell you. Well, that's true. They, they hide the truth. That <laughs> they don't true, tell yeah. you well, that five people were killed in downtown Minneapolis. Well, they just don't tell you. Actually, they they often do. But the the thing about it is, is that the 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 more important news you're not going to get because there's eight minutes of news. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's true. <laughs> I'm always amazed at how many reporters they have to do eight minutes of news. But of course, one of the reasons they can have so many reporters is because they don't pay them anything. Mm. They don't. That is not a high-paying job. It is not. No, and the quality suffers uh, as well. If you work for any of those media, like my wife works for newspapers, she doesn't make any money. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. You know, I will tell I could get, I could teach people a, a lesson about life if, if I can do that quickly. You ready? Yeah. We love we, life. Just I a quick it. life lesson. <laughs> you know, everybody's worried about the, this woke attitude in America and it's all you got to be this and you got to be that and I hate you if you don't do this you got to be woke and blah 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 
Well, we all know that I left KQRS because of woke politics. There's no question that that company turned on me like there was no sunbitch in tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I could sit here and claim I'm victim and I'm hurt, you know, I'm, oh, yeah. Well, I'm actually doing better now than when I was there, so fuck you. Well, then. Right? <laughs> yeah! It's, no, seriously. I think I mean, you've I had enough cough medicine for one day. To me, yeah, you, well, you got that. That's right. a that's risk. True. To like me, uh, no, it's a gamble. Yeah, gamble, Every, yeah. everything's gamble. a gamble. Every day you gamble. It is. You yeah. gamble it's every day. Risk but reward. Don't, just because people turn on you and they blah blah blah, don't. I'm a victim. Oh, you hurt me. No, you. you what you do? Shoulder to the wheel. Work harder, and you will succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be life, fine. life is what you make it. Yep. It really it's is. True. So you can shut all that stuff out. In fact. It's one of the reasons why I, I stopped doing the podcast. I, I did the podcast every week for five straight years, never mm-hmm. missed a week. Even did it when I was in other countries, calling in from Poland and calling in from all over North Africa. But I stopped because I needed to get myself in order of personal goals that I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And I did. And I, I, I stopped doing everything. It's not, not just this show. I stopped doing everything I was doing in my life. And focused mm-hmm. on one thing that I wanted to get accomplished. And I did. And it, it, life is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. It really is. Exactly. You can just shut all the other noise out and just yep. focus on your own shit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know. It's fun when you do it too, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm super proud of my accomplishments in the last two years because yep. they're life-changing. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. One of, one of the problems there, and I, because I have, you know, I have two kids who have worked as, as teachers for many years, and um, you can't teach anymore. No, you can't you teach anyone. So this no, is just can't. one little sliver of things that are going very badly in our culture, mm-hmm. but they are, but they are indicative of everything else that's going bad. You know that's why that's why when when that horrible horrible uh, uh, murder of the of the kid at Harding High School happened. Yeah, I said this this is not. This is not a symptom of, the, of, of a problem we have. It's not a problem that we can just fix. It's every problem. It is. Every right. single problem is embodied yeah. in that one thing. Mm-hmm. And if you go online, if you, you know, go, to a, go to one of the sites like, uh, I can't remember the sites, but there's a couple of sites where you'll see a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, advertising for, for uh, a lot of openings at, at schools. Typically in Minnesota, you might see 100 new openings a day. Really? People cannot take it anymore. Yeah. It's, well, the, you know, people true. go into teaching because they really do want to teach. Passion. Right? Passion, and it's yeah. a calling. Obviously, mm-hmm. you don't get rich at it, but it's fulfilling because if, if you can actually just teach. But 
You can't more and more anymore. schools you can't teach. Now there are some you can, but more and more you can't. And that that is that really sucks because you know if you if you don't have if if a kid can't learn anything at a school because it's not just the teachers who can't teach the kids can't learn even the ones who want to are going to have a tough time mm-hmm. then you know upward mobility which is really the foundation of democracy doesn't exist anymore well you got to remember too children are way more easily brainwashed than adults so that is true they always start with the kids well these kids and aren't even brainwashed they're just they're just not educated just at all but if you want to indoctrinate do... someone you want to indoctrinate a kid because it's easier no they are they are but it's the other kids who are indoctrinated right it, no it's it it's, it's yeah. across the whole board but it's yeah. easier to do kids and then what happens is the kids just like tom your grandkids will influence you Yep. And it spills over to the higher, to the upper generations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work the other way around right. anymore. It used no. to work the other way around. Mm-hmm. The kids used to learn from the older generations. Now the older generations are being influenced by the younger generations, and it's all getting to be the same. Because they want to be cool. Well, I, I remember you couldn't talk back to your dad. Oh, man, kidding me? Not you, my house. Or the neighbor, the neighbor guy. If the neighbor guy told you something, but you looked up to them, you learned from them, right? They were teaching you the skills. Now, I don't know where it flipped because that's how I was. That's how I was growing up. But now, the, a generation in between me and now I have my kids. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually well, my it's generation that parents, ruined it. It's the worst. Are, so my generation my kid is a, a constant fight about he knows more than me and bringing me statistics about <laughs> the stuff. <laughs> right? I, I think, get over it. I think ah. Tom's generation started it and then my generation put the nail in the coffin. Your Gen X, participation, right? yeah. participation yeah. awards. Yeah, the, the, but Tom's generation started because they started being easier on their kids. Because right. like Tom's dad was not easy on Tom, so he was easier on his kids. Then yeah. my generation just spoiled the kids rotten and gave them whatever they want just to shut them up. Well, you got to remember that was the beginning of go, the end. Go back a little bit though here, because the baby boomers, which is what Tom and I are, uh, the baby boomers had dads typically. Who had been soldiers during World yep, War II? A lot of mental illness. A lot of mm-hmm. mental illness. A lot of post-traumatic stress, mm-hmm, which was never addressed. Yep. These guys, you know, were were really pissed off. Yep. I mean, my dad's anger was pretty palpable. We've talked about that. Was your dad enlisted? Uh, yes. He well, he he he. My dad couldn't wait to enlist in the army. Huh. Because you know he knew what was going on in Germany, and uh, my dad actually spent I think about a month gorging himself on bananas so he could make the weight <laughs> well maybe and, that's your answer yeah i mean he well yeah he, he, well i can tell you why not but um <laughs> i think i can guess you're a boomer yeah, so i'm boom. i'm a boomer so my, so you know our dads you know they 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 tended to be a lot of them tended to be you know pretty pretty disciplinary oriented and they were angry mm-hmm. and and i knew kids my dad my dad was not like this but I knew a lot of kids who had to call their their dads sir, really? like because their dads were just like basically still in their mind they were still in the army. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where they came what, of age. What, was age, in what the age, army. What age group? Like how old would they be today? Those those dads. Those dads would 100? be a dad basically. Oh, dads. No, well you know those are post war guys. Those the the World War II dads. Well, post war and World War II. There's two. So there's World War II dads and then post war dads. Yeah, well, right. Well, that that would be... Yeah, these then, are people who were actually, like, in boomers. active combat during World War II. Yeah, okay. Yeah, boomers well, one, or, you know, two. my dad wasn't in combat. He was in Army intelligence. Oh, okay. But but that 
that that you know, but but there were a lot of terrible things happening you too. You see things, yeah. You see things, and and the other thing is, so what happened was just going back to what Nick said. So uh, the baby boomers, when they became parents, they 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 had you know, and Tommy didn't quite experience this, but they weren't going to be like their dads. So. With their dads, you could not be friends with your dad if your dad was was you know was, was a, a World War II guy. But actually, with the baby boomers, they kind of liked being kids, being friends with their kids. So that's mm-hmm. how everything changed. And everyone's you know m- many people will say, well, that's where everything went wrong. No, it's just different. Yeah. Every every generation different. is different. I think the Italians and Jews must have been different because. I, I was I was good friends with my grandfather, mm-hmm. good friends with my father, and my my grandfather was in World War II and he was totally cool. It, you know, he he was a boozer, he's an alcoholic, but mm-hmm. he was cool. Sure, that's how he. He would not, if, if I called him sir, he'd be like, "What?" The? Yeah, <laughs> he would, he would well, right. That. <laughs> but I like I say when I when I heard kids of my age calling their parents, I, I remember dad, it. I remember yeah. it. I remember and it was it. just like shocking to me. Yeah, I remember it. I remember kids that had military family and they called their father sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I'm like, wow, my dad would smack. <laughs> I don't know what my dad would say if I called him sir. Well, the great Santini. That's what it's all about. If you've yep. seen that movie, yeah, it's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, it is a good movie. And, and that kind of tells the story, too. You know, it's these guys could not be friends with their kids. And uh, maybe in some cases, the baby boomer dads were, were too eager to be friends. But the thing is, every kid is different. Yeah. So you can be friends with one kid. That is true. And, you know, you have to be something else with another. Mm-hmm. I, think, I don't think I was friends with my dad. He was disciplinary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I became friends with my dad. Mm-hmm. Same. That's how it was in our family. Did you, did you call your dad Sir Tom? <laughs> no, I didn't. I called him asshole. <laughs> I know. I, I knew you were going to say that. I knew there was going to be a good response. I didn't know it was going to be no, that he one. Call, he called his dad at the mental hospital. Yes, I called him at the Hello, is That's this the mental hospital? Him. Let me talk to Dan. Speaking of dad, so my, my dad's 82, and uh, my parents are in pretty good shape for their age. Mm. You know, they're still running around and stuff. But my dad was having some uh, tired of having aches and pains. Mm-hmm. And, Aren't uh, we all? Yeah. And, you know, he's a typical Italian, cons his way into to stuff, and he gets in the doctor's office, and cons are in there giving him the steroid. And so now he, my mom calls me the other day. She goes, your dad, you got to talk to See, they would never give, they won't give those to people. They right. They're not good for you. So my dad talks to lady doctor, and they're giving him two weeks of them. My mom was like, your dad's like 20 years old. He was up <laughs> at 7 a.m. out yep. of the house. My dad's never up before 10. So I think it's, but I'm worried that when he's when they're gone, he's going to be worse. Well, it, that will happen. Well, the my two, will be my, lower. I think so. My yeah. two greatest fears is one: I will wind up in assisted living, and the other is I'll wind up in a Dell Web community. So if I can avoid those two, I feel don't think make, about this, it. No, you no think about it. That's the wrong way. Oh, Absolutely no. think about it, but make your plans now. I've already mm-hmm. made my plans. I already have everything yeah, yeah. set. Yeah, I know yeah, where true. I'm going to be. I know where I'm going to die, and just yeah. take control. Sure, that's a that's a good attitude. Go where it makes you happy, man. Yeah, because well, I'll be the last man standing. Everybody <laughs> in my family will be dead. So yeah. I already know where yeah. I'm going. I'm I'm going back to the homeland in Italy. I have the, this town, Pedro. I have a million friends there, and that's where Susie, my f- immediate family, passes. Adios, I'm gone. Yeah, going over there, huh? You know, I already have it all set up. I already have a place there, and it's done. I remember a story. Tom, you might remember this. It goes back a while, but it was a big story at the time. 
some 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 guy just just couldn't stand to be taking care of his dad anymore. Mm-hmm. So he left his dad. He abandoned his dad. He left him in a wheelchair at a racetrack. Now that's oh. what I call a loving child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. He died where he yeah. he died where he loved to be. Sure. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, it works out in the end. There's I don't no know. I think about, about it. it. I don't know if you guys ever think about you know your demise, but try uh, never. It's, it's gonna come. Oh yeah, For try sure. not to. Come so, on, right. you gotta plan it. Like you said, you I know. plan it, man. Why not take control of the situation? That's right. Well, it's just like saying, why don't you take control of your bladder? That's <laughs> true. Yeah, uh, but you can, uh, but you can control we, it for a long time, but <laughs> yeah, eventually, that's the thing. You know, I don't know. I'm pre-maintenance. I do pre-maintenance, man. Tom, in life. you were talking yes. on your podcast or your show this morning, podcast, whatever, maybe it was mm-hmm. yesterday, it's about podcast, travel, yeah. about yeah. about flying. And I always, I learned early on, I was kind of scared. My brothers fly small planes. Just, yeah, those none are of scary. That, none of that scares me anymore because I bought life insurance. Uh, you Once I bought exactly life insurance, I, I yep. said, what, I want to go what, now. What, now I want to go. Who's going to benefit from life insurance? I don't care. Somebody is, but I took it off my plate to say, like, my house payment, my, my salary. What's that matter that, if you're dead? That's all, but it's going to help my wife. That's oh, that's why I just asked you. Yeah, yeah. I just asked you who benefits from your yeah, life insurance. Yeah, my, my family. Okay, that's different. Wife and kids. I don't have kids, so to me, I'll never buy life insurance. Okay. So I don't need to buy life insurance. Sure. No, so I don't no, have no. any children. Why would I have life insurance? So, but yeah, traveling, I've never been scared until recently. I've had some scary moments in airplanes recently. <laughs> my my only fear is who I'm going to be seated next to. Uh, yeah. Because that travel, the the clothing wear, people don't wear suits like I wear to travel. They wear, no. they climb out of bed and they got their Crocs and their pajama pants and that's my biggest fear. Well, they're all, I fly Delta, and I always like Delta, but I'll tell you anymore, they just, they, like Tom said, everyone lies. They just lie to you. You buy your yep. ticket, you book your seat, because I'm an aisle seat guy. I have to have an aisle seat. You get there, and they say, oh, w- that seat's not available. You have to sit in this uh, window seat. And I'm like, I don't want to sit. I got claustrophobia. I don't sit in window seats. They say, well, that's the only seat available. So I, I'm one of, I, I got the the delta cards i'm on the plane first and i get in the stupid window seat and i'm telling you these two women come on they had to be 350 each and boobs right against the seat in front of me and i couldn't see past <laughs> yeah, them you're physically incapable of I'm getting st- out yeah oh yeah and i'm mm-hmm. starting to panic man <laughs> like really panic and I, I i asked them if i could get up and i went down the store i said listen i can't sit there man and they said, well, they would not bend. They're like, And I, I said, can't you just ask them both to move over one and let me have the hot seat that I paid for? And I think they didn't do it because they were of different race. Mm. And I just had to bear, grin and bear it. And it was the worst flight possible. It could also be an, uh, an ADA kind of thing, disability. I think technically being that overweight is considered a disability in some mm. areas. They should have to have their own... Maybe your yeah. own seats that are wider. Well, this is why, you know, this is why a, one good hit of Halcyon and a couple martinis would come in handy. <laughs> oh, I tried the couple martinis. <laughs> Bingo! I, I did the couple martinis. The only, pro- the only problem with, the, with mixing the Halcyon with the martinis <laughs> is that you may get on a plane heading for St. Louis and wake up in Los Angeles. Well, yeah. I just I just went to Argentina. That's a that's a rough flight, man. Seventeen hours. You weren't sitting next to them for that no, long. No, oh, okay. no, no, no. I right. would have gone off. I would have gone off. I would have yeah, gone. I would. Yeah. Oh, that no was way. that was just a New York, uh, Chicago to to uh, uh, 
maybe Chicago to Illinois, uh, uh, LA's flight. It's but still it, pretty long. It still sucked. Yeah. Um, but the the flight to Argentina is a long flight. I made a mistake and pulled up that map that shows you where you are. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, Early on, no. so you're like, dang. I, I, thought I, was, I thought I was almost there, and I pulled up the map, and I'm like, oh, my God. So why why are there so many uh, horrible fights on airplanes now? Tom, you must have a theory about that. I have one. Because everyone hates everyone else. You're, we're being taught to hate one another, right. to not trust one another, to no. dislike one another. Yeah, it's the tribal mentality. It's disgusting, as a matter of fact. And they, I, I'm still, I still have a quandary. I don't understand how it is you can be both woke and drunk all the time. How is it possible? <laughs> well, you can be a lot of things at one time. I think mental mm, illness is a, is a problem, too. Yes, and I, I think is. that you should be screened for mental illness before you get on a plane. I think they I should like just ask you three questions. If you can't ask, ask, answer three basic questions... Maybe you got some mental illness. Mm. Maybe you shouldn't be flying alone. Maybe you need a handler. You know, it's like a child. They give them handlers the whole way. Mental illness is kind of like a child. Maybe you need a handler. But I tell you, I haven't seen any fights on the planes. I just have had bad flights, turbulence. And, and, right. and, and right. I don't think the pilots are as good as they used to be because the flights aren't as nice as they used mm-hmm. to be. Uh, the landings suck and they come in hot and mm. slam I on the I have been brakes. noticing that. Yeah. 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 And they do this this circle landing thing where they circle four times as they're descending. And that never was like that before, not on Delta. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, the quality of flights aren't as good and I think they're desperate for pilots. And have you seen them? Have you seen the age of the pilots? I have. Yeah. I have. They're it, either really old or really young. Yeah. And the really old ones <laughs> aren't Aren't, uh, There's no more of in between. Th- nope. Well, you know, and you know the thing about the thing about people fighting, arguing, screaming at each other is, it's so easy, you know, because you you know you you've got half the people yelling woke and the other half the people yelling Trump. Well, the and only, that's all you have yeah. to do. The anymore. only place yeah, you true. have that though is in America. Pretty much, yeah. Well, There's no I, other oh, country. No. I'm, I'm telling you, I just saw I just saw this in oh, Italy. We live here, so I just saw this thing in Italy. I saw that it was a long line getting up to the counter in it, 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 in Italy. Delta changes over to Air France, so they're partners. So there was a long line. These two black girls thought they were going to butt line like they would do here. And the Europeans had one. They no way. They're like get the, the everyone just attacked them. And they didn't know what to do. They, they were, like, shocked because they won't put up with it over mm-hmm. there. So they went to the back of the line. So I don't think you see – I've never seen any fights in any other countries on planes or in airports except here. Yeah. yeah. I've only seen it on video. I've never seen it in person. Right. Uh, yeah, I've so flown a lot, and I've thing. never seen it personally. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of acrimony. Sometimes got- I generated it, but but actual most times. but people most. trying to kill each other. Yeah, you gotta remember time, everyone right? has a cell phone now. It's yeah, probably yeah. no more than it's been through history. Just a lot more people are recording it. Well, but but it. also people perform for that. Exactly for that, that too. Exactly. Yep. So it's not they that they see the phones exist. and they're like, oh yeah, time to uh, time yeah. to get famous. Yeah, there's Karen. When Let's you think video of, her. when you think of the travel process and you think of it to your point of mental illness. And those, if you put those together, the the time process when you go through checkout and then you go through to get on the plane and all the waiting that you do to mm-hmm. get onto an airplane to then fly, that same process with people that have mental mm-hmm. health issues, they need time in between those to process all of that stuff. And when they don't have, when it's 
stacked on top. Their their anxiety because they got to wait in the line to go through the checkout. Then they yeah. got to wait in the line to get on the thing. Then they got to get wait in the line to get on. Now they're in the airplane. They're just ready. Well, to Well, even even yeah. with, even within this country, flying different places. Like if you fly from here to Vegas, or not necessarily take it back. Not here, Chicago to Vegas. It's a very noisy crowd. Very noisy flight. From here is not as bad because you have a lot of Nor- Norwegian, Swedes, and Germans who are quiet. And, and Minnesota, nice. Themselves. Minnesota, yeah. aggressive, so, aggressive. But if you fly, like, to New York to to, L- to Miami, super noisy flight. Yep. So it depends the crowd of people, man. It just yeah, does. Sure. But if you go to any any Atlanta. A- any Asian country, dead silent, you can hear your heart beat yep. on the flight, man. Especially Japan. Japan, you, you're not allowed to talk this loud in Japan. And I know they're used to being on the, those trains, yeah. and they do not talk oh, on God, trains. Oh, God, I've been on the busiest subways in Tokyo, and it, you can hear your heartbeat. Yeah, you do not talk on the, tra- on the subway or the train. You can't talk, blow your nose, sneeze, or cough in public. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, probably the most sedate flight I was ever on was an Air India flight. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's true that there were people who were, who were barbecuing in the, in the aisle. But, <laughs> but you know, well, they, other, carry, other they, have chickens. That, they have chickens. You know, it was no. It was really, you know, everyone was very coarse, very polite, you know, because those are polite people typically. But I'll tell you one thing: my dad. My, one thing is that my dad always became angry at the airport. He he, his personality would flip when we got to the airport. Anxiety of it all, or I just think it's, like one of the anxiety, and it's but more than anything, you know, it's a lack. You 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 now have lost control. Yeah, yep. that's, that's my dad right now yeah. today. Mm-hmm. If my dad can't control something. Mm-hmm. He, the anger comes Back out. Once once you reach the airport, it's basically a nonstop chain of events that yes. you have no control over. That's you exactly got to right. do. You well, have to go you to have TSA a little now. Bit of control. I mean, once you get through TSA, if you have enough time, you can, like, stop and eat something. Well, I, That's a I got break. global entry and clear, so I don't stop at TSA. So you can pay that for that yeah. if you want. You can control some things yeah. to make your life some a little things, bit easier. Yeah. But, but, but I, yeah. I never see the people in first class or in those things having mental breakdowns or having breakdowns in no. the airport. I haven't, no. I haven't th- seen no. those folks having a, a fit. Maybe they have a fit no. about sitting next to the window and have some coarse <laughs> discussions, have, but they, they submit. They don't, they don't tell everybody in the back of the plane that they're accusers. And it, it, and, I don't know if you've <laughs> ever been to any like really fourth world countries and flown or taken a train. But, you know, there's people on there with chickens and there's hmm. milk crates for seats. I mean, that stuff's still going on. I've been there and seen it. You know, So we're lucky that we have oh, yeah. nice planes and we can fly places in four hours. And we have trains that can make it more than 200 miles without breaking. Be- so before be, we be end grateful up, for that. No kidding, right? And we forget about that because we don't travel. We just live yeah. here and we have to deal with the woke society and the well, Trump. Here we say? have the woke green route, so it's just the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> yeah, for your really. dad, though. Oxygen. It was the number one thing. Breathe. Give them ox- go, go buy oxygen tanks for him after these this these whatever he's on now. Get him oxygen tanks because because uh, if their oxygen is low, their energy is low, their heart doesn't beat as much. Their well, heart, he's got it right. He's going to the doctor regularly. They would tell him that, wouldn't they? Nope. No. Nope. The doctors won't. They, you you got to advocate for yourself. And one oh, of yeah, the I things agree. That, I agree. One of the things I that agree. people don't realize is how oxygen really is a. Um, generator of that energy that you have so i did one of those oxygen things in vegas where you sit at the bar yes made and me, made me sick oh because you took too much of it <laughs> I, they just put they put it on you at the bar and i start feeling sick it happens to a lot of people too much yeah. too much I'd, yeah i told them to take it off i'd say, I'd I say oxygen and maybe half a gummy 
<laughs> what, in Vegas just, or, just for, half, or for yeah. dad? I did half a... Anyone. I don't do dad. any drugs, but I did try a gummy. Man, yeah. I was sick. Well, those are powerful. I mean, sick, sick, man. Way too powerful. I thought I was going to die. I like really? them, but they're... I was I puking, don't, I don't do it. puking, hugging the toilet. It was oh, that horrible. Fun. Horrible. Yeah. Hmm. Never, never again. Well, maybe medical marijuana then. Yeah, I'm not a pot guy. It doesn't work for me. I know some people love it. Just for me personally, it puts yeah. me right in panic mode. I tried it so, once. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. Panic mode. Panic mode. That's no fun. Why, no, why would anybody? Hard. Why would you want to do that? And everyone's like, "Oh, you smoked the wrong kind of pot." So then you try it again and say, "Yeah, you know yourself." <laughs> yeah, I ain't doing it. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. Why, the best why, way to, to be, be is sober. Yeah, just is. It's fun. Tom knows that. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As we bow out, I would like to say goodbye to one of the most influential uh, actors of all time. Most people have probably never even heard of him. His name is Chaim. Chaim Topol has died at 87. Oh, you know? oh I know. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Chaim Topol has died at 87. He was Fiddler on the Roof, baby. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Great actor. That yeah. was a great actor. He probably, 87? What'd you say? 87. 87, yeah. He probably wow. goes back to the Yiddish theater, right? Yeah, absolutely. Probably could have used some oxygen. <laughs> All right. I don't know well, about <laughs> Jesus, he probably could use some oxygen. Or a That's motorcycle. Nice. Not now he can't. No, now he can't. All right, no. boys. Have a great day. All right. See you, Tommy.